Welcome to episode 16 of Gaming Fix, the world's first, best, and only podcast recorded by six friends who met on the internet about video games and associated nerd shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, accurate. Uh, today I will be your um, uh, all father, Sam. Uh, <laughs> no. We've got. We've got uh, God of Mischief, Alex. Uh, yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was prepared for this. Maybe <laughs> uh, Freya, because Freya is pulled by like a chariot of cats. <laughs> uh, God of uh, cool BB-8 merchandise, Allison. Hey, that's right. <laughs> Uh, the god of Japan, Andre. <laughs> Not really how that works. Uh, he may have been your all father, but he ain't your all daddy. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, another awesome god of cool glasses and haircuts, Erica. It's not a haircut, but I'll take the glasses. <laughs> oh, it looks like a new haircut. Okay. I parted it to the side today. If you uh, were on, here on time, you would have known. Uh, oh. You've got to be late. That's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> Erica's uh, god of shade. Sick burns, Erica. Uh, and then our best boy, Pat. <laughs> You mean, don't you mean best boy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Best boy. boy. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be talking about video games. Um, uh, a couple of people will be talking about the same video game. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think it might be interesting to leave that one till the end. Yes. So Alex is bucking the trend and uh, not talking about a video game. Yeah, which I rarely do anyways because I haven't played video games. That's a, a you know, uh, as a wise man, my fear is to talk too much about video games. Wow, that's that's an alchemical way of for you to phrase that. But um, I actually did play a video game this week. I played this one that came out on Sony PS4. It's called God of War, but we're going to talk about that later. So. Let's just not even touch that for the moment. Spoilers. Yeah, that doesn't exist for, for no now. No one would have known. What? What yeah. are we talking about? I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's some dog of war. I think it comes out of the UK or something. But um, <laughs> It's about like a Japanese gang and you play it. It's like the last, it's like six games. Yeah, there's like tattoos involved. Anyways, before I get to the what I'm going to talk about, I mentioned this before we started the cast, but I think my PS4 is getting sick. I don't know if you guys have ever encountered this where you go into a menu item like for my example I went into library and hit X and it took like 15 to 20 seconds just to get in there and then doing anything else took another 30 seconds and I don't know do I do you guys think I need to reformat it or what this isn't a technical advice podcast 
uh, I would try reformatting it, and if that doesn't work, you could you could take a you could open it up and see if you need to reapply thermal paste. Oh yeah, that is a there's yeah. the launch the like factory thermal paste they put on the PS4 CPUs sucks. Okay, so and sometimes it, that can be the problem. And it is a launch PS4, so it could be yeah, due. That okay. happened to mine, um, and I. I couldn't get it i couldn't get it back because it died uh but the cpu just got fried so even reapplying the paste didn't save it oh god i hope my ps4 doesn't yeah. explode <laughs> i would recommend trying a new hard drive because it kind of sounds like a hard drive issue um and uh using a compressor on the fan all right did you try turning it off and turning it back on again i turn it on to the best of my ability uh but you know <laughs> anyways <laughs> So in my free time, I've actually been doing less than I'll sketch. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, the joke is very popular in my house. Ew. Ew. Anyways, in my free time, I've actually been doing like a ton of reading recently, uh, just because I haven't had video game stuff set up very easily. So over the past week, uh, past seven days, I have finished four books, and I even started a fifth one this morning. So uh, here, as a list, here are the four completed books. Which first was The Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss. Second was The Slow Regard of Silent Things, also by Patrick Rothfuss. The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And finally, Anxiety is an Ally by Dan Reichert. So, uh, I'm not going to go in-depth on all those books because each of them could warrant their own discussion. Uh, But I'll talk about each of them briefly in the order from the one I enjoyed the least to the one that I enjoyed the most. (laughs) And if you've seen me talking about it, the one I enjoyed the least should not become as any kind of surprise. It was The Alchemist. Oh my god. Uh, I don't want to give it much time because I don't like to focus on things I have a really negative opinion on, but I really hated that book. has anybody else here read it? I know, Pat, you said you started it, but... Yeah, I started it, but I couldn't get very far in it. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was just trite and self-righteous, and, like, it, it was, it's kind of a self-improvement kind of self-help kind of book, but it approaches the whole topic from a really narcissistic perspective. Like, yeah. it basically encourages people to act in, like, comp- really selfish ways to get what they want, like, ignoring the feelings and criticisms of anybody who happens to be around them to achieve their goals. And like, and for example, like if there's people, like if there's other people that you're around who don't know what they want in life or they do know and they're not pursuing it, then the book basically disregards their opinions or looks down on them. And they're like, oh, they're lesser people because they're not as good as you for being woke. Um, Yeah. It seems extremely uncool. Yeah. I. I, This book was written in two weeks in 1987. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. It's also very poorly written, but it's also translated from Portuguese, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just, I really hated it. I thought it promoted a really unhealthy point of view, and I can't recommend it to any anybody. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it, uh, it, it belittled the notion that um, sometimes it's okay to have small dreams, too. Um, and yeah. I, that was the thing I, in particular, felt found uh, kind of offensive about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's like, yeah, you got to go all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. Bad book. But whatever, I was worth reading to have an opinion on it. Uh, the book I enjoyed slightly more than that, and I would say more than slightly because I did not hate it at all, was Anxiety as an Ally by Dan Reichert. So, uh, 
for context for me, I don't I don't really talk about it that much on podcasts or anything, but uh, I have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and clinical depression, so that sucks. But it was a really positive experience to read that book for like from someone I know and respect, uh, and ha- seeing him kind of opening up about his struggles with mental health, like in a very very dis- direct way. So mm-hmm. I think if you had come to this book never hurting Dan, uh, never hurting, wow, never having heard of Dan before. I'm not sure how impactful of a read it would be because you have no idea who this guy is. But if you know who he is and you've seen his interactions with other people and stuff like that, it would probably be a pretty surprising read. Like mm-hmm. he's very candid about times in his life where he was like super overwhelmed by anxiety or panic attacks and stuff like that. And it was interesting because I could see a lot of my own experiences kind of reflected in that. And he also approaches it from a way of like not he doesn't want to fix like quote unquote fix his problems it's more about not trying to fix or overcome them but instead like how to accept them and grow along with them which i thought was a really good message uh and actually along that message allison there's a certain game this year that we both like that kind of has that theme yeah yeah (laughs) but anyways um (laughs) i thought the book was pretty good but truthfully i thought it was maybe a little bit too anecdotal for my tastes like he comes out at the very start and says, hey, I'm not a doctor. I'm not qualified to give you medical advice. And I think that's that's all good. But it was more like reading a memoir than anything else. And a lot of the stories that he tells uh, have already come up in other places, like especially in Dancers. So if you've ever listened to Dancers, you've already read about three quarters of this book. Um, I still think it was totally worth a read. And everything that he says and is promoting is worth considering, like especially when you get to meditation, mindfulness, exercise, stuff like that. But it was kind of redundant if you have listened to dancers so cool yeah i like that book a lot i like it too um i think yeah if had had you listened to dancers before you had seen it or read it i didn't i i didn't keep up with dancers at all so i think that that's probably why i was really hot on it because i hadn't heard all of that stuff before yeah totally like he he talks about all the same stuff in dancers which i think is awesome it's just it was like oh yeah i've i've seen this before yeah but it was good i mean it got me to meditate and i feel like meditating has impacted my life oh i agree more significantly than pretty much anything i have added to my life since trying to overcome some anxiety and attention issues i have and like yeah i don't know it's just I highly recommend meditating if you've never tried it before, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. and actually the next book I started was one that he recommended. That was The 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Yeah, I read that book too. That's also a really, really good book because, you know, for me personally, I don't like the woo parts of like meditating. And so they call it the smells and bells type meditation. (laughs) Um, um, That's not for me. And so it was kind of nice to see, you know, that hey you could do this and have it affect you positively without getting into like okay here's some chimes and some chants and stuff (laughs) (laughs) which i'm not saying it's like a bad way to meditate like if that's what you want to do that's fine but that's just not what i want to (laughs) do yeah for sure like the way dan describes it is like yeah there's nothing spiritual about it it's actually just about kind of finding your place which is great yeah anyways good book (laughs) i don't yeah, I don't meditate, but I do like some sorts of mindfulness, and that's been really helpful for me. So yeah. I do think that's really yeah. worthwhile. Same here, though I kind of haven't been doing it as consistently, though I'm going to get back into it. Anyways, next book, 
I'm going to talk, I'm going to try and not say a lot about it because there's a lot to say. And unfortunately, Sam has stepped away, so he's the only one I could ask for opinions on parts of this, but that's okay. <laughs> so the next one is The Wise Man's Fear, uh, which is the second book in the Kingkiller Chronicle series. So with the name of the wind being the first. So uh, that's the book I talked about probably a week or two ago that I had finished and I thought was pretty good. This is the sequel, or the second in the series. And the first thing I'm going to say is that it is very long. It is uh, a thousand pages and about 400,000 words. So I'm not even going to start trying to sum up its story (laughs) because that's just not going to happen. Um, I think that the author, Patrick Rothfuss, has a really particular strength in conveying really vivid imagery with few words. Mm -hmm. So the fact that his book was so long and there are so many words meant that like the entire time was a really expansive vista that he was describing the whole time, which was really cool. Uh, he also has created a really extremely compelling compa- uh, compelling cast of characters, and some of them, like a few of them, I would say are probably my favorite characters in fiction right now, and I'll talk a little bit about one of them in a second. But uh, Sam, you've read Wise Man's, uh, Wise Man's Fear, right? Yes, I yeah. have read this book. So... I'm going to say, for the book itself, I thought the first half was really fantastic and very comparable to uh, Name of the Wind, but I thought there's a certain point you get to in the latter half where everything kind of goes weird and I wasn't so fond of. Uh, Like, I think the whole way through, the writing and characters and plot were great, but once you get to that part, the pacing of everything just completely slows and comes to a stop, and it was really jarring. And, like... And then after that, in like the last 100 pages or so, like the pace goes to light speed. Like it's just really insanely fast. It's just like, what is going on? <laughs> I can't remember anything about this book because I read it on release and I didn't really like it. Oh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> do you... Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I, I love the first book, but I, I basically was just really disappointed with it. It, it wasn't, it didn't get better and it wasn't even as good like i was expecting it to be better than the first book because a lot of fantasy like for me my favorite fantasy series usually the second book is the best and hmm. um, I, I wasn't a huge fan yeah but it's good uh, and i would say that everyone should read uh name of the read name of the wind 100 percent but uh, I didn't really like Wise Man's Fear very much. I will definitely read the um, third book. Uh, the, door, the Doors of Stone. That is coming out whenever it comes out. But I think yeah. um, I think I liked it more than you did. Uh, I thought even though the pacing ended up being a little unpredictable, I, was, I still came away from it as a pretty big fan. Like I'd say they're probably about equal in my mind for quality. Uh, I just think the pacing was kind of crappy in the other one. Yeah. But anyways, to, not to take too much time, uh, I, the last book that I read was unquestionably my favorite, and that was The Slow Regard of Silent Things. And so it was, recommended to my, it was recommended to me by my best friend, who is the same friend who recommended The Kingkiller Chronicles to me. So thank you to Affie. I don't know if she's actually listening, but that's fine. Uh, and the first thing she said to me was, it's the kind of book that people either completely love or completely hate. And having finished it, I can totally see why. And I happen to fall on the love side of it very hard. <laughs> so uh, this is also written by Patrick Rothfuss, and it technically comes from the Kingkiller Chronicle series, so Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear. But it's this totally self-contained side story about one of the semi-regular characters named Ari. Uh, and as soon as I found out that's what it was, I was 
super happy to know that she got her own story because whenever I read the other books and got to any of her parts where she was in it, like she was always the best character. She's lighthearted and quirky and strange and like endearing the entire way through. Uh, I sent to the chat, I sent a little excerpt just to see her kind of tone. I don't know if any of you guys read it, but she's just so adorable. <laughs> um, but the thing that makes people either hate or love the book is it's written in a really unique and weird way that's like truly and wellly all about her. Like there are no other characters in the entire book. Uh, mm -hmm. It follows a week in her life. And because she actively avoids human contact, the which, you know, I can relate to, uh, the majority of the book is what's going through her head as she does, like, really weird and strange things. Like, there is an entire eight-page section, which is purely about her making soap. <laughs> I kind of love the idea of this. Yeah. And it's, I, I well, need to read this. Yeah, but, and she, well, she, I guess, puts the, she licks her hand and puts the lie on. <laughs> the... Yeah, and then it turns out she's actually Tyler Durden. But no, uh, <laughs> there are, like, I, I was kind of wrong. There are technically other characters, but none of them speak, like, per se. So, like, your only exposure to them is from her perspective. So one of them is named Foxen, and he's the light inside of her lamp. Uh... Another one is Fulcrum, and he's this big brass gear that Ari had fished out of a body of water. Like, stuff like that. Like, she's she's sensitive to the feelings of these objects and stuff, and it's, it's really unique. But the reason I fell so heavily on the love side of it is because Ari's story was actually really incredibly relatable. Like, um, the night I read it, I was actually having a pretty bad night because uh, of depression and stuff. So I'd put my phone into airplane mode, turned off the computer, and just, like, read, just kind of lost myself in a book and the first few chapters are exactly what i was expecting because of her character in the other books like just eccentric and whimsical and stuff like that but once you got to like the third and fourth days the tone really changed and you actually get to see like this person who's usually really happy-go-lucky weird kind of thing uh struggling like the entire third chapter is one sentence and then you move on to the fourth chapter uh and like she's just breaking down and crying and feels like everything is going wrong all at once, like little things and big things. And she has panic attacks and she gets lost and she gets frustrated. And it's just a side of her character that you don't ever get to see otherwise. And it was handled extremely well. So like I can totally see my friend's statement, why people would say they'd love or hate it because of just the unique way that it's approached and all this, also the subject matter being kind of dark at points. But so I don't know if I can entirely recommend it for that reason or if I should or shouldn't, but I'm really looking forward to rereading it. And I usually don't reread books so soon after having read them the first time. So, yeah, That's totally good. recommend that one. Do you How do you read so fast? <laughs> I want to read four books in a week. Like I have had the same book on my nightstand for like a month and I'm nowhere near finishing it. <laughs> to be fair, I think uh, The Alchemist was like. 180 pages, Anxiety as an Ally was 200, and uh, Slow Regard of Silent Things was like 200 as well, so they're not that long. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I, I tend to, I think if I concentrated, I could read half a book a night, but it yeah. depends on the book, obviously. And that's It's kind of like, you, I find that reading is something that it's easy, easy for me to get distracted from, that's why I tend to only invest the time to finish books that I'm really engaged in, but it's kind of like reading like five or six pages of a book before I go to sleep is a recipe for me to have a book sit there for a year. 
Whereas right. if, if I just say, I'm not going to play video games tonight, I'm going to take those three hours and read a book, I can finish a book in two days that way, if I do it that yeah. way. It's the focus. Yeah, for me, yeah, a lot think, of it is... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, that's pretty much the same for me, where there are certain books where I've just... If I don't put it down, I read it in a couple of days, but then, you know, if I get distracted by literally everything else, then I just don't read it for a while. Yeah. For me, it's like I have a lot of trouble focusing especially with books and stuff so i tend to reread the same line a lot mm-hmm. i catch myself doing that pretty often which is why i really like reading comic books digitally because i can do that guided view and look at like one panel at a time which is super nice um but yeah so i don't know it's just i, I want to read more than i do but it's do hard any- for me to get through a book sorry do any of you guys engage with uh, audiobooks <clears throat> i occasionally I have in the past. Yeah, uh, I, just I the have Harry Potter well. ones. Just the Harry uh, Potter ones. Yeah, <laughs> I the really Harry Potter ones are so I, good. <laughs> I listen to audiobooks to go to sleep sometimes because I have to have something on while I'm going to sleep. So it's usually audiobooks or podcasts. If I have a lot of work, um, that when I worked my last job, a lot of times you'd have like mindless jobs where I was like running cable or doing something like that that was like technical enough that i needed to do it and i couldn't just have someone on site do it but easy enough that i didn't really need to think so when i did stuff like that i would do it and then sometimes on longer car trips i'll do it um i do like the that format of book consumption um but it's definitely not for everyone for me my dad is dyslexic and Mm. he listens to a lot of audiobooks in the car so if i'm in the car with him then i listen to them but i find it hard like if i'm in my house and listening to them because i feel like my attention tends to fade pretty yeah, quickly. Me, me too that's my biggest problem with audiobooks is uh we can t- we can stop talking about books after this but uh, <laughs> um so like, are we 25 minutes into a book discussion <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> 21 we started after four minutes i wrote that down anyways um <laughs> I tend to like listening to podcasts is fine because it's like listening to a conversation. You can kind of zone mm-hmm. out for five minutes and still know what's going on. But I found out like if I kind of zone out during a book, I'll be completely lost for a bit and have to rewind all the time. So yeah, yeah, I that's that's why I kind of only listen to a specific audiobooks. Um, there was one that I was I was really into. I'm like I'm blanking on the title right now, but um, where it's very very internal and very personal so it it felt really suited to being kind of read to you but um yeah especially if there's a lot going on then i feel very like wait what happened what happened (laughs) and have to go back and can't do it while i do anything else so yeah yeah Yeah. anyways video games video games (laughs) I was going to say let's finish this off with a really cool two seconds everybody recommend a book so I'll go first. Uh, Alex, you've already gone. Uh, so <laughs> I I read about three months ago a book called uh, The Good Father by Noah Hawley. It's really cool. Uh, Noah Hawley is the creator of Fargo and Legion. So if you're interested in those shows, he wrote a really awesome book. Alison? Um, I have recommended this before, and I'm going to recommend it again. The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. It's Mass Effect meets Firefly, and it's delightful. And I, if I need to find more books like it because I love it so much. Andre, uh, John dies at the end. It's like a comedy horror supernatural 
thing. It's pretty and fun. an awesome movie, also. Oh no, that movie is terrible. I liked that. I thought it was great. That is, that is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Man, wow. All right. Let wow. me introduce you to The Last Airbender by M. Night Shyamalan. That movie is not that bad. I mean, the movie's really dumb, but it's pretty fun. I thought it was entertaining. And Erica? Um, I think actually the last book that I read that I really loved is actually 10% Happier. So I would probably recommend that. Pat? Um, I have... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and recommend the New York trilogy because it's what popped in my head. It's actually kind of from the 80s, so it's, it's, it's not new, but uh, it's a Paul Auster trilogy, and um, it's kind of like metafictional and it's kind of one of the early um works actually described as postmodern by critics uh which it's like a super has is a genre that has been taken in some super shitty places but it's it's a cool series and a short speaking of shitty places andre what have you been playing <laughs> what is that is that about japan talos one is actually kind of a shitty place that was uh, it <laughs> it's it's inhabited by all these like little aliens some are some are big aliens uh little aliens that disguise themselves as like coffee cups and you're like oh i'm gonna just take my hey my coffee cup's empty and then you're dead <laughs> uh yeah so I, i've been playing prey uh i'm like 20 hours in i think or 11 i'm either 11 or 20 now i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> kind of a uh but yeah so uh if it's an immersive sim uh by arcane um and kind of a reboot of, not kind of it is a reboot of prey i never played the original prey for the xbox um but it's yeah so you're on a uh, space station and you're like injecting yourself with these neuromods that give you like powers they can teach you how to do like anything uh but then like if you get them removed it wipes your memory or at least it wipes your memory back until the point that you got the neuromod and so your characters had this happen a bunch of times and so you're trying to figure out what happened and where all the people went and yada yada uh i have been going through not using the alien powers because i thought that would be a fun way to navigate the game uh I think the alien powers are probably fun too. Uh, I just, I made a choice at some point. I was like, mm, you know what? No alien powers. <laughs> That's so I've, I've been using like guns and hacking things and lifting heavy objects. Uh, it's, I'm really enjoying it. I, if I had played it last year, it definitely would have made my game of the year list and probably knocked near automata off. Damn. Yeah. That was my <laughs> number 10 game. So that Pat's just, just shaking like, his head. <laughs> Prey is a great game. It's, it, it's, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I look for. I'll probably talk about it more, like sometime next month. Because yeah, we'll see. Are you playing it on like the normal difficulty? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, Even it's pretty difficult. Yeah, so I started playing it, and that game is like one of the better immersive sims that has i think been made it's really really good it's clear that like they arcane learned a lot from all the other immersive sims that they have made and that have come out over the years um it takes a lot of inspiration from bioshock actually i i felt the way its environments are constructed um 
There's but, a lot of like, there's water on the ground here, and this guy has electricity, and now yeah. I'm getting shot. And my gun doesn't uh, work because it's electric, and yeah. And <laughs> I didn't. I I just found that game so stressful. I only played about half of it, and then I I had to it, tap out. It is like a horror immersive sim. It, so it's yeah, not even it's, it's not even the horror part. Like I got used to the to the guys as that are the you know the, the everyday mimics. objects like the mm-hmm. mimics yeah um and the big guys didn't i didn't find them that scary um it was more stressful because the amount of i felt like there was a ton of resource management and mm-hmm. a lot of like very like i just want to shoot this gun at this guy but i can't waste the bullets because i'm going to have like four of them for the next six hours and it was it was hard it's so well designed and the world is so incredible and so many of the systems are amazing but it's just the 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 scarcity of resources was hard for me to to deal with um i wonder if playing it on an easier difficulty nah so i would i I (laughs) zelda is far because in zelda you can just go say like i'm out of weapons i'm gonna run here and do a camp and get some weapons in this game it's like i am out of ammo i have gone into all the rooms that have ammo there's no more ammo until I get to the next area. Um, and uh, I wonder if, if maybe it's just because I was bad at it and if I played it on an easier difficulty, if I would have an easier time. I have not run out of ammo at any point. Uh, I've got shock. I've got, I think I've got all the weapons at this point. You're probably farther than I got too. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty far. Mm-hmm. I, once I beat it, I want to look up like a speed run because I understand that you can beat that game like, yeah. in like five minutes or something uh which is really cool i, I like looking up speed runs like that i want to like look up the resident evil 7 speed run but that's not like a weird goofy immersive sim one yeah i fully but, intend to get back to prey i just kind of like i'm waiting f- until i feel good about starting it from the beginning again because mm-hmm. i remember too much to want to play it all over again but i don't mm-hmm. remember enough to feel like i can jump back into where i was so mm-hmm. <laughs> i will play through it though because it's a great game did either of you guys play metro a little bit, not um, not Which finished. Metro. <laughs> like it just kind of it just just from the description. I haven't played Prey. I've seen the quick look and stuff like that. But that kind of makes it sound like it's got like an original Metro vibe. Uh, it's it, if you've played the Dishonored games, I, I mean they're very similar, except one sci-fi, one's fantasy steampunk. Um, and I arcane. really. I really think that like Bioshock is a fairly direct analog too, because the the thing about Prey that I found that was kind of my favorite part was the environments all like the whole game exists in in one load basically. Like the, the all of the geometry of the world is present in the structure of the space station. So it's not like if you there's there's sequences where you go outside of the space station and you can actually they talked i read a i think it was at a gdc talk it might have just been an interview but arcane talked about this like you can actually jet around the space station and go and see like look through windows that are way later in the game that you're in that room and it's all that's it's really cool it's an amazing feat of like level design and architectural design and they kind of the question i heard asked of them was like did you guys worry about this because like you can kind of like catch a spoiler through a window if you if someone decides to jet up to the spot and they were like they do they do that's that that we had to build the space like the space and it's yeah. i think that's awesome and that comes yeah that's cool it's such a much more like organic way to design the game like you can yeah you don't have to go in any particular order there was something where i started to go like to some area and like without doing like the main objective thing but then, and then like the person who's talking to you over the radio is like Hey, wait, why are you going? Oh, did you know that the elevator's broken? Oh, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. So, like, they're, like, 
have things built in to notice like, oh, I'm no, I'm not doing what it wants yeah. me to do. I'm going somewhere sooner than I should. And you can make stairs with that goo gun. So like you can use the goo gun to go anywhere and it, it, like from the beginning of the game, um, you'll just probably die. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Speaking of dying a lot, uh, Erica, <laughs> uh, you've been playing a game that is notorious for multiple deaths. Yeah, I died a whole you lot. Segue, Sam, <laughs> like you're actually you're actually trying, I think, and now <laughs> they work, and I don't know if I like it. I've got a list of like twenty, and I'm just ticking them off. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it took you so long to get ready. <laughs> So um, I'm playing Celeste. Well, I played Celeste. I finished it. Um, I ex- I didn't get everything. I expect to go back to get more stuff, but I finished the story. Um, and then there was like another thing at the end, like a like an epilogue sort of a thing. Actually, there is an I, there's an actual epilogue, and then there's another level after it. And so I just looked that up on YouTube because I just didn't have time to do that. <laughs> but I like that game a whole lot. Um, oh yeah. I think it's probably one of my new favorite games. I don't see any game. I I highly expect this will be my game of the year. Um, At least in the top three, for sure. It's just like, wow, this game is really, really good. (laughs) Um, So, Erica, can I interrupt? Yes. (laughs) There was uh, weeks and weeks ago, I told Allison that there was two scenes in particular that we need to talk about for moment of the year. I said mm-hmm. to her at the time, I said, the feather and the uh, the level up part. Yeah. Would you agree? <laughs> um, the feather, I don't know if that hit me as much. I actually, I got like a little frustrated because I had trouble with it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, the level up for sure, though. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... Um, I will say that I messed with the assist mode quite a bit as well because I am recovering from a thumb injury and you need your thumb a whole lot in that game. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I tried pretty much everything. They have uh, an option for uh, lowering the game speed, which is probably the one I did the most. Um, There's an infinite stamina one where you could just hang on to like whatever you're climbing forever. Um, there's an air dash one where you can either get, um, double the amount of dashes or, um, infinite dashes if you want. And then there's also invincibility if you want that too. So I've tried, I tried all of them. Um, I ended up using the game speed one the most though, because it still felt hard, but not undoable for me because like that game, that game is about, you know, overcoming something difficult and so it kind of matters that it is difficult at least in my opinion um so i didn't like i mean i could have turned on invincibility i could have turned on infinite air dashes and just you know rushed through that game but i felt like making it hard for myself was the better way to go because that game i mean and also the game gives you pep talks like throughout the whole thing it's like hey you can do this like you're great you you know you've got this don't worry about it i'm like oh i do have this you're right (laughs) so you know it was cut it was nice i liked i liked feeling like i was working hard for something and getting to it at the end i guess but you know, 
I I can't recommend that game enough. It's really, really, really good. The story's really, really good too. <laughs> Read. Yeah. Definitely agree with all that. Yeah, like have... Xavier and I were streaming it for a little while and we were doing like one hour a week. That is definitely not the way to play this game. I bet. <laughs> like that I was week. so not into it at all when we were doing that. And now that like Xavier's been playing it on his own too, he's been getting everything in the game now. He's like doing the B sides, he's doing like you know, he's gotten all the strawberries now. Um, he's just very excited about it, and and I actually because we we share our Steam games, I had to buy it on the Switch so I could play it because he won't give it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's it's very very good. I'll try it. I bounced off that game super 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 hard uh, when it came out, but I just said it to download again. I'll try to dive into it again. How far did you get before? I don't remember. It wasn't very far. I was at an extraordinarily high stress point because I was trying to figure out how I was going to make moving across the country work. So mm-hmm. I basically remember playing that game and just being like, this is hard and I don't like it. And I don't I, I think assist modes are amazing and I'm glad that they're there um, as an accessibility option for people who are not like me. Um, I am the sort that like it's very hard for me to even like swallow my pride i guess and play a game on easy um if difficulty options are given uh so like basically like if i'm the only way i'll turn a difficulty thing down is if something is really really hard for me and i'm not having fun but i have to play the game Mm -hmm. for example like a certain series that i've been working through the last (laughs) week or so (laughs) Uh, um but uh but but generally i i don't personally like um playing on anything but whatever the default is i also don't like bumping the difficulty up either (laughs) i like to play everything (laughs) the way that it's like normal that's what i want yeah yeah. i'm very like i definitely like force myself to do normal to the point where it might be better if i go back go down to easy because it makes my life better it it definitely took me some convincing (laughs) to decide to start messing with the assist mode because you do actually have to exit out of the game to turn it on and so it kind of felt like okay i'm giving up on like playing it normally but and i don't know i got to a point where my thumb started hurting real bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was like, okay i don't mean time. any of that is like i wish that i had the ability yeah. to do that yeah too. no i don't <laughs> I, I totally would probably get it stuff more i um, like i was in a spot where it's just like i I was like, okay, I need to just be okay with assist mode right now. Sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I I, I'm glad it's there because I think that it should be there. And, then, and I like that there were so many options too. Like it wasn't that I could just all, be yeah. invincible because I don't think that that game would be as fun if I were invincible. You know, I could just, I dropped the speed down to like 80 and it was super fun. I mm-hmm. think the other thing about it too, and I don't want, I want to, I'm trying to choose my words really carefully because I don't want to come off as like, uh, as, as as like derogatory towards any of the games I'm like bringing up, but like the whole it when I kind of got like a vibe of it just from the little bit that I played right at the beginning. I don't know that it's like this through the, the whole way through, of it being like of this the tone of the characters not really jiving with me in a similar way to the tone of the way that the tone of Undertale didn't jive with me at all. And it's not that I think that that stuff is poor or bad it's just very not my style of storytelling but that may just be because i was kind of already approaching it from a kind of antagonistic place uh 
So it because like Whoa. I was one of the people that when Undertale was really big, I was like, I I just didn't get it, and it made me mad that I didn't get it, <laughs> <laughs> and I never really got it, but I got over it, and just was like. This is just not my thing, but it's fine that it's... Uh, uh, guys, can I interrupt? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to talk about an article that I sent to you guys, that which which was about... Uh, it was from Kotaku, and it was about the, uh, the designer of the game and how it helped him with his mental illness struggles and stuff like that, blah, blah, sure. blah. I recommend that article a lot. But looking there, there's breaking news. Then I'm sorry to get ahead of ourselves, but let me just read the headline. Valve buys Firewatch developer Campo Santo. I just Holy saw shit. that. Wow. That's crazy breaking news. That is, wow. that is extremely exciting. <laughs> the end of my thing was that I'm going to try playing Celeste again and I reinstall it on my Switch. Dude. So. It's okay. I didn't like Theo at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I have to say about it. I didn't like Theo, <laughs> the character. I don't. I don't get that, but okay. I mean, I, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I like Firewatch a whole bunch. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't like Firewatch, but I like the people that made it, and I like most. I like everything about Firewatch except for the story. Let's put it that way. That's Again, fair. I don't get that, but okay. <laughs> so, but it's the the so we've kind of talked about this. My least favorite narrative trope in have, have, have everyone here played Firewatch, or has everyone who was going yes. to play it played it? Yes. Um, I only played the beginning of Firewatch. Please don't spoil it for me. I'm incredibly invested in it. <laughs> me and Fiona play it together like 10 minutes a month. Okay. <laughs> and I, I, well, I'll say it this. It does my least favorite narrative trope. In Wait, I'm just going to take my headphones off. You wave when you're done. Okay. <laughs> Fair point. The, the fact that that game builds it up as it's going to be some awesome, weird X-Files shit, and then yeah. nothing happens, yeah. I was so pissed off. That's yeah. I, 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 I understand that, but at the same time, I kind of, like, dig that choice. Where I, 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 so I, much. I, Every time a story does that, I think it's so lazy, because it's like, either tell an emotional story without any supernatural elements, or tell a story with supernatural elements. Don't yeah. build me up and then tear me down. I kind uh, of agree. We've but... had this conversation, or, like... And we have, yeah. We have, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, I love back to it another time. I'm sure. Yeah, everything let's... else about Firewatch, I love, and I'm a yeah. huge Campo Santo fan. I listen to Idle Thumbs and everything. Yeah, but yeah. Let's let's get back to that new story when yeah, we yeah, because yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool. That that is for sure. In the Valley of Gods looks amazing. So in the uh, Valley of Gods confirmed to be Half Life Three. Half Life Three is a walking simulator. <laughs> Honestly, considering I, I I just want the story to be resolved for Half-Life, so I'd take it. <laughs> Nobody else would like it, but I'd be like, fine. <laughs> Speaking of getting it. a resolution, Pat, what have you been playing? Um, so I have, uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff. I'll talk about the, the game that I brought uh, specifically, but I will briefly touch on, I've been working my way through all of the God of War games um, prior to the new one because I haven't hadn't played them. Um, I tried to get into them when they came out, but I uh, just they, I always bounced off of them. Um, and I've kind of been working my way through them one by one. I I think the first two are disappointing. Um, I think the first one in particular is pretty overrated. The second one it starts off super strong, and then about halfway through, I found it to be um, to kind of fall apart for me. Um, However, Chains of Olympus, the PSP game <laughs> that I played, the the remaster that was released for PS3 of, I actually think that's a pretty cool game. It's pretty short, and 
it's very concise and i thought the enemies were better than the first and second games and uh the encounter design was cool um and uh the the gauntlet of zeus that you get in that game the weapon feels super good so uh and then i'm I'm now like about a third of the way through god of war 3 too and that one is is uh better than the first two um in terms of its feel there's other issues i have with it but god of war 3 2 being the one that starts off with a pop song <laughs> yeah <it's> like... <laughs> anyway it's been interesting to play them even though i haven't super loved my time with the first two games in the series um and i it's making me want to play the new one more and more i have it on the way so i will get to it as soon as i get through them um but the game that i brought today was one that uh that i kind of just got today uh so as it were, um, have any of you guys played a game called The Ship before or heard of it? I've heard of it. Heard of it. Haven't played it, though. Yeah, yeah. Usually people haven't. It didn't. It kind of was a major flop in a lot of ways. So The Ship is one of my favorite multiplayer games ever. It's up there with like Battlefield 1942. Um it would probably be between one of those two, to, as, to be honest, as to which one's my favorite. Um, but the ship was this weird... It started off as a Half-Life 2 mod and then kind of made its way to a, a full game. Just a really weird game where you sort of spawn in. It's I think the player count back then was around like 24 players. Kind of spawn in. You're a random person on like a 1920s uh, cruise ship um, that's ostensibly like traveling across the Atlantic and we're talking like very titanic kind of aesthetics um and there's just like kind of weapons scattered around the ship and you're given a person that you have to kill and then you are given as a target to someone else for them to kill and the goal is to kind of suss out who your target is because all you're given is just a general location of where they are on the ship so it you have to kind of find them figure out who they are and then stalk them around to kill them kind of in a in a in private so that the security on the ship doesn't see you do it. And then additional wrinkles on it are that there's like a table of weapons. You might, it might be worth more to kill someone with a fire ax than a pistol. Um, so there's, you kind of want to try to kill with the best weapon you can. And then you also have a set of needs kind of like in the Sims where you have to like use the bathroom and eat food and sleep. And when you go to sleep, you actually, the screen gets black, so you can't see, and someone could sneak up on you and kill you and stuff like that. So it was just a really unique, interesting multiplayer game that was not at all about Twitch skill, and it was all about, like, being, blending into the environment, catching somebody off guard, um, noticing when someone was kind of acting weird towards you, and maybe they were trying to hunt you, and the whole thing was just really, really cool. Had a ton of, uh, of odd little elements there were like environmental trap kills you could do if you could figure out where someone was going to go and stuff and it was just a really fun game um it had a really limited audience so it was only played regularly for about four months and then it kind of fell off but a really dedicated community has kind of stuck around it and you'll still see ship servers occasionally online with like two people in them today um this game came out like years and years ago um so anyway, uh, I have always been one to beat the drum of that game and that developer. Uh, they released another game called Bloody Good Time um, a couple years later that was a lot worse than the ship, but they were trying uh, to recapture some of it. And then uh, they have a game coming out in a few days called Murderous Pursuits, 
um, which is the game that I played to bring this week. Um, and it's in open beta this weekend. You can get it just if you go on Steam and search for Murderous Pursuits, it's available. Um, it's a similar theme to the ship. You're on an airship this time, um, but it and it looks really nice, um, but it's the same kind of like 1920s, 30s aesthetic. Uh, the airship travels through time, which isn't really relevant for anything, but it's kind of funny, funny detail that they add. Uh, and um, it's a way simpler version of that kind of multiplayer mechanic. Uh, there's no needs for your characters now. Have, did any of you guys play the the Assassin's Creed multiplayer? Again, Brotherhood? No. Yeah, I, yeah, I played it a little bit. I think Brotherhood yeah. only. Yeah, in any of them. Brotherhood had it, 3 had it. Uh, I think 4 even had it still, um, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, so uh, Murderous Pursuits is pretty similar to the Assassin's Creed multiplayer in a lot of ways. Um, you don't... It's not a shooter anymore. Like, the old... The ship was like... You have a gun, you have a crosshair in the middle of your screen, you point it at people and shoot the gun. And murderous pursuits, each weapon, you just approach your target and left-click them, and then it kills them. Um, but it's still the, you're given a target, you don't know who they are, what they look like, you just know a general location for them. Um, and then you uh, have to track them down and kill them, and there's someone who's hunting you. Uh, there's like a couple of like interesting abilities that they add in as wrinkles, um, and uh the maps are really cool and well designed um and uh i don't know i think it's a lot of fun i hope that there's more progression stuff like cosmetic stuff but it's a weird game because you don't want your cosmetics to stand out too much because you're trying to blend in with a crowd of npcs too (laughs) so i don't know i think (laughs) it'll be interesting to see what kind of legs it has because um i don't know how ready for it people are uh given that that Assassin's Creed multiplayer was not necessarily beloved, but I just like how unique and different it is. Um, and I hope that they find a bigger audience. The open beta I was playing this morning and I couldn't match with any people. I just kept getting bots, which is a little disconcerting. But uh, it's a fun game. I would definitely recommend checking it out this weekend um, while it's free to see if it's your kind of thing. When it comes out, will it also be free, like free to play? or is No, it- no. It's it, it, The price on it is 20 bucks, which is a little... I think it's reasonable, but there's also only four maps, so I can see how people would like not be okay with that. Um, so only four hope- maps right now, or they've confirmed only four maps for? Oh, I guess it's out in a couple days. So yeah, there's know. only four maps in the beta, so unless they're holding one for release, I don't think five dollars per map, given that the maps are pretty elaborate and fairly large. We're not talking like Hitman level size, but they're they're big and have a lot of stuff in them so i don't think that that's a bad deal personally but it looks really neat from the open beta page like i really like the art style the art Uh, is great yeah i I enjoyed the assassin's creed multiplayer um yeah it's i don't know it's it's, like i don't have time to play something like this but the thing the thing that i found in playing the the beta this morning i kind of started off playing it a lot like the ship but it's really more like you almost have to play it more like you're playing spy party or something um, in that, but it's symmetrical and it's, it's very interesting of like, I stand here and do this idle animation and I watch the bar that tells me what direction my target is in and then try to pick out like, Oh, I know that that door is roughly this far away and it's telling me that my target is over there. So that person that just came through the door, that must be my target. But because there's, 
abilities like there's a counter ability so i can if i think you're trying to kill me right now i can pop a counter ability and then for the next like 15 seconds if you attack me you will die instead but you don't know that i popped to that counter ability only i do so like you have to be really careful about how you approach people because if they know that you're there you're coming to kill them they can they have tools they can use to to ruin your time um so i do wish that it had a little bit more the weapons had a little bit more variety right now they're all functionally the same they just have a different animation because you just left click to kill people um and i hope that they continue to add maps and do something else like something more with the progression so it's not just uh like match after match after match i kind of i think it'd be neat if they added some abilities that were unlocked through progression um Right now, there's like six abilities you can pick from, uh, but they're all unlocked at the start. But I think it it could have legs, and I hope that uh, it does well because I think that studio has just some awesome ideas about multiplayer that kind of over and over again, their games have come out at either bad times or had like maybe just the wrong art style. Like Bloody Good Time is a great game except for the part where it kind of doesn't look great and they use this really ham-fisted, hollywood movie set art style that sort of sucks and uh i don't know i just i I, I would like to see their one of their games succeed i guess <laughs> how much do you like boats how much do i like boats yeah <laughs> i feel like every game you bring has a boat in it <laughs> oh sure yeah i mean i like boats a lot i prefer boat-based experiences to non-boat-based experiences <laughs> wow Hey, the game that you guys are bringing next has a boat in it. <laughs> Does it? Big, we need to get out of the pocket of big boat on this podcast. Yeah. Get into, if we need to get into some small boats, like the one in... So, someone else going to finish my sentence? In God of War, Sam didn't. Sam was sleeping on that segue. <laughs> no, I was, I, I was going to do my own segue. I was hoping for this one to uh, crash and burn. Somewhat like Kratos. In God of War one to three, Ooh. Oh, my, yeah, my segue was better. I wow. think Andre's segue was better, but but Sam's was pretty accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, we're all here for terrible segues. If they're good, then people will stop listening. It's the wrong um, podcast. If you're looking for yeah. good segues. <laughs> so we we've talked for what was uh, I would say ninety percent of the planned length of the entire podcast about other games. Uh, so, books. Oh, and books and boats. Um, so, uh, whilst we were going to have a longer God of War conversation here, I think it might be useful for us to keep it a little bit shorter this week um, and then come back with some more thoughts once more people have played it and we'd feel less bad about spoiling the early hours of the game. I think How's uh, that sit with everyone else? If everyone's going to play it, we could even talk. We could even talk about doing a spoiler cast, uh, kind of off cycle, too. Uh, I would. I would be fine with that. Yeah, totally. Cool. Yo, God of War is good. It yeah. is really good. I, I mean, I don't want to necessarily go into something with a hyped up 
perspective right away just because I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to go in and be like, this is going to be the greatest game of all time and then go when, you know, it, it's a it's a game. But it, it's I really liked it so far to the point where turning it off so that I could do this podcast was kind of like, oh, do I have to? Yeah. When, I went to bed, when I went to bed last night, I was pissed. <laughs> I, I bet that's going to be me tonight because I have been playing it most of the day and it's it's really fantastic like it's it's been getting a lot of hype but i feel like that hype is is deserved um it's gorgeous it it looks beautiful um i really like the characters in a way that i wasn't expecting like even the side characters i'm finding i connect to and i that i really enjoy um and then the the combat feels really good i really really enjoy it i think it's it's really fun although i've definitely died an embarrassing a number of times just like it's really hard I okay i'm glad it's on, not just me <laughs> i started on like the difficulty one up from normal and that first combat encounter i died like 10 times okay it's i, it I feel fun. a little bit better now because i'm playing it on normal and I, I i mean i get through everything but there have been i've been i've died at you know fair number of times and i'm, I'm like Man, am I just bad at this game? But I feel like you have to. It, once you get used to the kind of the rhythm of it, and you get used to the fact that you kind of have to be careful, it it really it, it gets a, l- a little bit more manageable. But man, it's it's good. <laughs> uh, my only complaint is it never. So I'm like I'm real far in. I'm probably. 20-ish hours um and it that game starts off very slow and then it redlines for like five minutes and then it hasn't gotten back to that point in my opinion like it hasn't gotten back up to that really high high of the very early game if i assume those of you have played it know what i'm talking about with like that boss fight Mm. it just like redlines right there and then it's like, okay, you know, we got some ups and downs and then the pacing, but nothing has matched that. I hope like the end of the game gets back up there with like the coolness. But that's like, kind of my one complaint so far is they hit it out of the park at the beginning. And I'm like, okay, now we're going to play it safe. Um, so my, I would tell my opinion on God of War so far is that it's like, it's everything that I wanted out of The Last of Us without any of the stuff that I hated out of that game. Um, yeah. It's got like amazing characters, amazing storytelling. It looks fantastic. All the things that it has in common with The Last of Us. It has no terrible force stealth. The combat is actually good. Uh, and uh, I didn't hate every single combat encounter. But uh, I did play, uh, I am playing God of War on the easiest difficulty uh, because uh, that's how I play video games because I'm old and my reflexes are slow. Um, uh, I barely ever have to dodge anything or use my shield. Uh, I just kind of throw my axe at stuff and then run at it. Um, I don't really know how far I am in. I'd probably say close to 10 hours. What's like a non-spoilerly description of what you're doing? Um, I have just come back from the first place that you go to. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm okay. doing stuff in the open world. Mm-hmm. 
So there's more than one place you go to. Damn it. Well, I think I just before that. Uh, I, mark. I got the ability to open those like secret doors with like oh, the Odin doors. shape. Yeah, I, I got the ability oh, to open Odin's those. in this game. I'm I quit this podcast. Debate, no, wait. There, the word Odin is in this. He's <laughs> <laughs> in this game. I cannot confirm nor deny his appearance in the game. Would you? Would you say that you were are humbled to be in the presence of such digital divinity when you play God of War? Because <laughs> uh, that's how Game Informer described God of War for PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Which Riker wrote that review? <laughs> I am not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, out whoever wrote this review. I actually don't even know because it's so bad that <laughs> I don't think anyone would be proud of this today. <laughs> it's it's a rad rad game. To piggyback on something that Sam was saying, uh, Cheska yesterday was talking about it with me. She's like, it seems like Sony Santa Monica kind of took a page out of Naughty Dog's book or maybe even had someone from Naughty Dog like consulting just with how much they've improved their story game and their character game. That's really well, cool. What um, fucking black magic do they have for like the, uh, for the no cut stuff? stuff. No, oh. well, that that like that's a cool thing. Like, I'm not like blown away by the technical. But I'm just I'm blown away by the by the like the look of this game. Everything looks incredible. I haven't had a single moment where I'm like, oh yeah, this all looks pretty. Oh, this texture though, this texture is like kind of grimy and weird. They didn't think anyone was gonna come over here. Everything's looked fucking amazing. I normally don't take screenshots in games, and I've taken several screenshots because I'm like, look at how pretty this is. I gotta save this and is that like photo mode. Not yet. I haven't. Uh, not yet. It's being patched in. Twenty eighteen. You can make Kratos smile. You can. <laughs> yeah, and it's so good. The um, other thing is that Kratos is now being voiced by Christopher Judge, who was Teal'c on Stargate awesome. SG One. I was hoping they change voice actors because the original voice actor is bad. He's he, also in Snow Dogs. <laughs> it, it is very. <laughs> It is very trippy because in the in the mid two thousands, I was very into Stargate. So it's like, oh, what yeah. is going on here? I mean, who wasn't really? Stargate was really this. Yeah, okay, I was good. really into Snow Dogs. <laughs> Snow Dogs. I was really into Stargate also. Okay. But... Snow Dogs. I don't think. I was more of an, a Stargate Atlantis fan than SG One, but I still loved SG One too. But right, I definitely so we all love Stargate. <laughs> Let's just start a Stargate fix. Stargate. You know, uh, honestly, Stargate. if we wanted to do like a, a an episode by episode Stargate cast, I would not say no. <laughs> I can tell you all the plot twists in every Stargate episode before they happen because that show is extremely predictable. If you, if you yeah, want to you know what? That's fine. But yeah, as is like every television show from the, that time period, there is no like unpredictable TV at that time. It kind of is, but at the same time, off. it's like fun, kind of goofy TV yeah. sci-fi, and the, and also Stargate like totally knows it and. Yep. Yeah. And and none of those none of those shows had Richard Dean Anderson. So exactly, yeah. Uh, Pat, let me introduce you to a television show called Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, Just a, uh, one uh, last quick thing about God of War. Uh, yeah. I, with the storytelling, I really appreciate the way that they make nods to the previous games mm. and like the history without like directly addressing it. Like it's all pretty under wraps. That might change i like it's definitely changing where i'm at in the story but um like there's a lot of like subtle 
storytelling that just kind of happens with the way the camera is framed or Mm -hmm. the way the characters talk to each other and like some story time in the boat. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cinematic stuff that even with, even with games that are quote unquote cinematic, I feel like there's a lot of almost film techniques that I've seen where I'm like, okay, they're using, you know, like a different focus, like really, really interestingly, or that's an interesting way to frame the scene. And it's, it's really great without also, I mean, there are cut scenes, but none of them seem like they're absurdly long either. No, not at all. Um, Yeah, I just, I kind of just want to say like super positive on this game, really want to see where it goes, really enjoying the combat really finding it very satisfying uh, although i'm finding some of the puzzles a little frustrating but mostly because it requires pre- a lot of the time precision well-timed axe throws um see, which uh, i need to work on there have been a few of like the rune puzzles that have been kind of obnoxious yeah there's one yep. i kept really trying over and, over again, and i realized I'm not going to get it. And I had to go leave because it was a, it was a lot. It was a lot of like quick precision. Was it near the end of the place where you go? Um, well, you think you might be leaving there soon. So you, maybe you don't know, but, um, yeah, I don't think so. It was, it was earlier. There was, um, there were like spikes and bells. It's so weird. God of war puzzles are usually so good. It's not true. That was a lie. I mean, these are totally <laughs> optional. Um, yeah. It's how you get the stuff to uh, increase your health and your rage. I'm uh, sure they're uh, a lot more okay than the old ones, too. They are. There is no puzzle where I'm like, oh, man, that was a fantastic puzzle. It's just like, yeah, you know, they're all they, every puzzle is basically throw your axe. Somewhere. I mean, were there any that you had to look at a frame by frame video to see how it was done because the timing window is so tight that you can't do it without knowing exactly pixel perfect where to push something? <laughs> as long as there's not that, it's an improvement. I, I did have to look up the location of one rune because I I, would, I looked for like 10 minutes. And I couldn't okay. find it. And that's fair. Really I haven't had to look any runes up yet. I've looked up a couple of ravens. Because I could hear them, and I was like, I know they're here. Um, uh, Alison, my pro tip for bells. Yeah. I worked this out whilst doing a puzzle at the end of the section that I've just finished. Yeah. Um, is you throw the axe to land behind the bell. Okay. And oh, then, and then it- set yourself up so that you're looking at the other two and then call it to you, and you can like get all three super quick. There was a... Also, calling your ex to you is like the most satisfying thing in in a game. The end. Yep. It so just feels it a, so good. Can most satisfying. Where I, I solved a puzzle in the way, like you're supposed to solve it that way, and like when I realized that was how you're supposed to solve it, I felt so cool. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, because I, I spent a really long time looking at like, how do I do? I have to get like another item or what's going on? And then I figured out. Oh, yeah, that took me about 10 minutes. One of those puzzles where I was like, oh, you have to call the axe to do the puzzle. And once I got that, I was like, this makes so much sense. And now I'm thinking about it for everything. Uh, it's really cool. There's a load of cool like moments where I've been like, oh, that's what you're meant to do. Yeah. And, and I feel like there have been with the calling the axe and the 
combat there's been so many cool moments where i'm like look what just happened i called the mm -hmm. axe and it like went through three enemies i feel so amazing like it, it it i feel like they've managed to make the combat feel cinematic without resorting to it being quick time events like every time if you play the combat it feel i feel so cool but it, but it's like all me so mm -hmm. it, it feels really fun I think like a really a non-trolling criticism I have of the earlier games is that they fail to do that entirely in that the controls feel great and the combat feels great from like the I push square button and a really cool animation plays and it's slick but it you feel very disconnected from what you're mm -hmm. doing you feel like I mash square a bunch and the blades do cool stuff and they flip around and then a bunch of guys get Swiss cheesed. And I think <laughs> that's actually one of the major fights. So thing I have a hard time articulating because it's like, no, no, no. The old God of War games feel great, but they don't feel good. It's like a tough thing to kind of put together. So it's great to hear that you have that reaction to the combat in the new it, one. I feel like uh, it feels almost the opposite of that description for the combat, at least for me, because I feel like a lot of it, it makes you be deliberate about your that's great about what you do that's awesome so it, it it feels really good so i haven't played any of these games i've seen quite a bit of three and i feel like i kind of know what happens at the end of like all of the games is there anything i should know though going into playing this one because i'm gonna play this one and uh, i'm not i'm not bad i'm not gonna go I back and play all the other ones i think you should go in blind personally yeah. i've yeah. only played uh the second God of War game, uh, yeah. halfway through. They give yeah, you. Yeah, I played about you, yeah. part of two a long, long, long time ago, and I, I, it. I would say, read a Wikipedia thing. There, there is so much that I'm getting from having played the one, two, and three. I didn't play Ascension. I played the beginning of Ascension, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm getting so much from just like little moments that if you haven't, if you hadn't played the games, that like even though I don't remember like all the details, if you hadn't played those games, there are a lot of things that I think would be lost on you. Okay, that's kind of part of why I. The only reason I'm subjecting myself to the entire series and playing like. Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta and Ascension is because I want to write this review, these, this retrospective for the blog. But like, I felt like based on the the things I was hearing, it was maybe worthwhile to see a little bit of that stuff. Um, and they're relatively short games, but um, I've also heard you can read Wikipedia's and be pretty okay. Okay. It, I don't know. Now them, I feel like maybe I should play. Um... Don't don't know. No, like, don't, you, them, you don't have to play. You just. <laughs> you need the story you don't need you don't need the experience to play just get like the major plot points and if, you'll be like oh okay if you want to read more than a wikipedia all of those games have the entire entirety of their cutscenes available as like 20 minute youtube videos um okay. so you could at least go through and watch those i think you get everything from those like the games don't have complex stories at all like you could easily cram all of the story in the first god of war into like a sh like a thirty minute movie, um, and it would it, you wouldn't lose much. Okay, all right, maybe I'll do that. So hmm. uh, what? Uh, Kratos has switched from the Blades of Chaos, and now he's using an axe. Mm -hmm. So I thought it might be time to ask you guys five trivia questions. <laughs> oh my god. I knew where that segue was going from the beginning, and I was not here for it. I'll take it. No, I like that. 
so we've, I've got a theme for today's quiz. Is it weed? <laughs> uh, 421. I'll tell you, I get high on knowledge. So <laughs> that's what this quiz is all about. Uh, it's not all about knowledge. It's kind of, well, all quizzes are about knowledge. Anyway, uh, this, qu- this quiz, I had to write a pronunciation guide for myself. Oh. Oh, no. Is it all Norse mythology? <laughs> yes, it is. It's good. I can finally win a week. Dude, I'm Norwegian. So, hey. Question one How many followers did Usa Trafelig, Icelandic Association promoting faith in the Norse pantheon, have at their last census? Basically, how many people currently register themselves as believing in Norse gods in Iceland, the home of Norse gods? Uh, is it A, 3,900? Is it B, 10,000? Or is it C, 1,100? Wait, say A and B again. A is 3,900. Mm-hmm. B is 10,000. Okay. Okay, answers please. If you said A, you're correct. Yay. I don't think so a million people one. live in Scandinavia. That's 330,000, 303 million maybe or something? I don't know. So did everyone get that one right? No, I got it wrong. No. Uh, a bit... Feeling a little bit hubris from your earlier comment. That, this that was not a question about North mythology. That was a question about census data. Moving on. <laughs> question two. Niflheim roughly translates to world of the darkness, according to the Oxford English Dictionary. True or false? A being true, being false. So three, two, one, show them. Everyone who put A, you're correct. So Andre and Eric have no points. Yay. My camera's backwards. I don't understand why. I hold uh, my B backwards. Question three. <laughs> Norse gods were often responsible for multiple things. Thor is well known as the god of thunder, but what is he also god of? Is it A, healing, B, stews, or C, goats? Three, two, one. Show them. Uh, okay, it is A. It's healing, so nobody gets a point. <laughs> I wanted it to be goats. Yeah, me too. Props to Andre for going for stews. Stews to be good too, because I like to be the god of stews and just have people bring me food to eat. <laughs> Question four. This is an easy one for Pat, I'm sure. What is the name of the queen of the gods, Odin's wife? Is it A, Idun, B, Rene, or C, Frigg? Anyone who has watched the Australian soap opera drama, The Almighty Johnsons, where a load of Australian people are actually Norse gods, We'll know the answer to the question because it features prominently. 
three, two, one, a show one. Anyone who puts C is correct. So it's Yay. everyone but Andre. Damn it, I was going to put C and then I switched to the last second. Frig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Idun is uh, the goddess of apples. Yeah. I hesitated for a second because I was like, wait. I think that Odin had an affair with Idun. But, you I don't know, know how much mythology you've read. Odin's God, get around. Fucking. Okay. <laughs> transforms into a snake and like has sex with a lady. What? Yep. So the snake has it. Anyway, question five. <laughs> What weapon does Odin traditionally wield? Is it A, a hammer, B, an axe, C, a spear? It's a three, two, one, go on. Everyone put C, you are correct. So that's everyone but Allison. Is that the last question? That's the last question. So uh, today, uh, Pat got every question right except one, which was That's the one true. about census data. I didn't get the. I got. I said goats for the Thor one. Oh, you said goats. Oh, you I missed did. it. Oh, yeah. This is the first to, question that nobody's got right. To to be fair, Thor is god of like thirty-seven different things in North mythology. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought goats was one, one of goats, them. but that's not. Uh, that wasn't on the uh, yeah. facts you may not know about Norse gods page that I was reading. <laughs> uh, uh, I will uh, very. I should have recommended this for my book. I won't talk about it for long. Neil Gaiman did a really good uh, summary and writing of Norse mythology. If you're interested in Norse mythology beyond God of War, you should read Neil Gaiman's. I forgot what he oh, calls I've it. I've been meaning to read that. But it's really good. Okay, I was thinking that I need to, that I'm going to want to read about some Norse mythology. It so is a really good uh, modernized telling of Norse mythology. Cool. Thanks. Uh, fun fact, Thor actually rides a chariot which is pulled by two goats. And he can ride it through space in Marvel Comics. Yeah. The, the goats are called Tangrisnir and Tangnyosta. That is kind of a dick. Teeth bearer or teeth grinder. That's part of why I guessed that for my answer, to like, be perfectly I, honest with you. As I've been playing God of War, I'm just like, man, all the Norse gods suck. They're assholes. Yeah. They're all assholes. Like, what the fuck? Um, all gods are assholes, I think, is the answer to this yeah. question. Egyptian mythology is the one that's a little bit, the, not all the gods are as bad. Greek and Greek. Greek and Norse mythology are rough. Celtic mm-hmm. mythology is a little more uh, touchy-feely, but... Uh, <laughs> so uh, we are running massively over time, so um, I think it's best to talk about a couple of the things that we all thought were super interesting here. So um, for news, um, you guys wanted to talk about Ben Brode, the game director for Hearthstone, leaving Blizzard. Yeah, I kind of sent that into the... To put that in the chat it's it's i think somebody else said it earlier too um but it's it's uh i don't know that there's a ton to talk about there it's just he's been there for 10 years um and it's kind of crazy that to see him go and it'll be really interesting i honestly didn't read if he's already announced his other plans but um, he said he's starting a new company and they might make... yeah he hasn't decided yet um and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does next, um, whether they do game design or not. Um, he's a he's a he's a cool dude, and he came up with a lot of really great concepts. 
Fallout Blizzard. Yeah. Um, uh, f- for me, I, f- I feel like you get a lot of people who leave Blizzard and then don't do anything good. Like David Brevik le- uh, created Diablo and then left and made Marvel Heroes, which was kind of just like not as good as Diablo. Um, it's, I, I don't know whether it's the environment or the like support from the upper level, but I feel like a lot of people who leave Blizzard and they're like, I'm doing this thing, and then it's not as good as the thing they did at Blizzard. Wasn't Torchlight uh, ex-Blizzard people? Yep. Yeah. And that Which I would also bad. say I don't think is as good as Diablo, but it is good. It's Diablo much closer. I liked Torchlight more than Diablo, but that's because we're, it was comparing a game. Like there was a pretty big gulf of time between them, so I don't think that yeah. I don't accounting for time. I don't think that Torchlight was as groundbreaking when it came out as Diablo was when it came out. Um, mm-hmm. I will say uh, that um, some of them left uh, to make Rebel Galaxy um, later on. Rebel Galaxy is a very cool little game uh, that is worth checking out if you haven't. Um, it's like I actually own world. that game. Yeah, it's a, it was on Plus, so everyone probably owns it. Yeah, it's a, it's like a space uh, capital ship RPG thing. It's pretty cool. It's nothing like it's not as good as Diablo or anything. Like it's not that kind of game either. But um, but it's a cool game. I think it just depends. Uh, sometimes they leave and don't do anything, and sometimes they make decent stuff. But the kind of resources you get access to, a la Blizzard, I think, kind of make it easier to produce great games. Uh, just harder to do like unique or new things it seems like because they're not really they put out like just a few games yep every yep. year so they're not like oh i want to work on this new cool thing that i have an idea for but it's not like warcraft or starcraft yeah. or diablo so my understanding is that if you have a unique cool thing that you want to workshop they're like cool make it a hot map or here's a storm map or make it a overwatch character like you kind of get funneled to Put exactly. that idea to use in existing games. So if you have a whole idea for a new game, um, yeah, yeah, they make incredibly solid, incredibly safe products. Put it that way. Um, so speaking of things that are kind of like Diablo, um, as I understand it, Wolf, Wolf, there. Yeah, I was going to say Wolfenstein, Warhammer Forty K Inquisitor. I knew that's what you were trying Hunter. to say. <laughs> uh, is a Diablo-esque uh, RPG, from what I remember? Or am I thinking of a yeah, different no, the, Warhammer uh, game? Inquisitor Martyr is uh, one of the good-looking Warhammer games, uh, and it is uh, it is uh, Diablo-like. Um, it's got three character classes, action RPG, whole thing. Cool. Is it a Warhammer 40K or Warhammer 40K? 40K, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's being developed by a company called Neocore Games, and uh, they announced earlier this week that it was going to miss its release date. So it's going to be three weeks late um, and come out in June on June 5th. That's um, like not even much of a delay. Mm. But what he said during that was he said, look, I'm going to push the team and we're going to work 90 hours a week for those three weeks. <laughs> and everyone took that at face value because... Why would you That's, say something like that unless you mean it? <laughs> yeah, well, it well, it also sounds like something that happens in the game industry. Yeah, Crunch is like notorious. Alex is going through Crunch. He's not in the game industry, but I believe Alex is still dealing with Crunch, and it doesn't sound awesome. Mm. 
uh so yeah everyone was like what uh people who were wanted the game were like super excited like oh yeah they're working hard on finishing the game other people very upset and like don't do this to your employees mm. it's a weird uh, eventually, eventually the people came out and said oh it was like pr is like oh no it was a joke like we're not actually doing that we're working hard we're not working 90 hours a week yeah. Why would you say that? Neocore is a really weird studio. So they made, I still am really looking forward to this game because they've done good work in the past, but they made the Van Helsing series, which you may or may not have heard of, which were Diablo-like. Huh? In all of this game, that I've never played them. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're okay. Um, they're not like as good as, they're, they're not as good as the best Diablo-like action RPGs, but they're like a tier below the tier that's just below Diablo. Like they're definitely worth playing if you love those kind of games and have played them all. Um, they also made the King Arthur series of games, which was like a mix of like RPG and strategy. So, and they, and all of their games are like, they have cool ideas and they mostly get it right, but they always drop the ball on like a couple of really key things that hold the game back from like really being something worth seeking out and recommending um and like van helsing the first game people were like this is really cool it's really it's a simple diablo like game it didn't have a class system it was just like play van helsing 2 people liked less but we're like okay but it, we'll see what happens with the third one by the third one they had this like really complicated overblown class system in the game and it was just kind of like a bunch of chaff in it and they released a package that included all of the games together but it had van helsing 3's systems in it and it was just really mixed messaging from the developer and fans complaining and them meeting people halfway kind of but also not it's they're an interesting studio they kind of put their foot in their mouth a lot so i'm not surprised to hear that they kind of made a mistake there <laughs> hmm um, I'm super interested in this game because Diablo 3 is my favorite game of all time, so I think it gives me a little bit more of that. And also, it looks like it's coming to console, which um, is my preferred way to play pretty much all games. So um, I'm super excited about that. I'm really hoping they have local co-op in their console version because I'm I'm also I'd like to play that game with my partner on the couch, um, and because uh, I've been wanting to play something Diablo and she's been wanting to play something 40k-ish, so. Uh, it kind of works. <laughs> Don't make people work 90 hour weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Don't people make people work 60 hour weeks. It's just, it's not reasonable. Um, yeah, I agree. I, that kind of sucks. Um, uh, speaking of things that kind of suck, Bioware. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Hasn't been endorsed since Dragon Age 2. Yeah. Uh, sure. I haven't played Origins, mm -hmm. so I can't speak to that. I thought Dragon Age uh, Inquisition was. Inquisition is what I meant to say. One of the most boring games I've ever played. And I love Dragon Age so much that I've read multiple tie in novels. I, uh, yeah, Inquisition, I. I've tried to get into it like 10 times because I love the characters and story in BioWare games, but man, they did not do good quest design in that game at all. The, the characters and story are just not present in Inquisition for me. Like a, a really poor character design uh, in terms of like the way they talk and the group makeup seems really weird. Like there's loads of things I have issue with with that game. 
Uh, so anyway, it was a news story. Mm. Who's it? Casey, who's Casey Hudson? Is he, is he the one who's quoted? I don't remember. Uh, whoever is like in charge of Anthem is saying they have a yeah, heavy story Casey. focus going or going for Anthem now. And he cites... And he's like, oh, yeah, I came in at the end of Mass Effect Andromeda and people were saying, oh, we want story DLC that talks about what happened with this. And so, you know, we're going to try really hard to give people the story that they want or whatever. Um, and the complete I, story, I think, hopefully, is what he wants to deliver. Like, my dude, they developed, they made that Mass Effect story in like 18, less than 18 months, in like six months or whatever. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> took them to write it and then get everything made uh and like and then anthem's like a destiny like game so if it's like the story in destiny is nothing special so i actually I thought the story in destiny 2 is pretty good it's very simple i think is the thing it's like it's, it's i would told. agree i would say it's both pretty good and nothing special i think both of those descriptors are <laughs> are, are pretty accurate i yeah. I don't think those games should have complex stories. I don't really want to, like, if it's a Destiny-like game that's about, like, uh, lots of loot and, like, progression elements, I don't really want to have to wait for the people I'm doing a co-op run with to sit through a cutscene, you know? Like, yeah. kind of want to, like... Like, Monster Hunter. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, I don't know. I don't know that it needs a ton of story as long as if they can tell the story through the environments and through what you're doing, that's fine. But what I, if they had an alternate way to tell the story, say um, a downloadable app where you could read the backstories of uh, things that you encounter in the game. Um, it could be, you know, model after a book or grimoire. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's a great way to tell stories. Yeah. Destiny was pretty great. <laughs> Let me talk to you about the infinite forest. <laughs> Let me talk to you about how the story in Destiny 1 was more interesting than the story in Destiny 2. Uh, the story in Destiny 1 has is so weird and so cool and is about like a space religion. Where wasn't like Oryx? Oryx was yep. the fallen king or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, all of the hive, like everything about the hive is cool wasn't as fuck. Wasn't Oryx like... like Oryx was the gender? Was uh, something in there? I think he All was wizards are female. Yeah. No, no, but there's something about like Oryx is like transgender. Like, is Craig in there too? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I read a little bit of, and I was like, what? And then I went and I read the Wikipedia page, and now I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Stuff is weird. Oryx is transgender. Yeah. Like using like. Or space magic like i'm going to be like a different gender now i think or something i don't know yeah there's the story behind like, that transition buried. is definitely kind of limited and strangely told but yes, i well, think it's that, in a grammar card and it's just like yeah yeah if you didn't read this which 99 percent of the people never did <laughs> yeah but is that on the grimoire or is that on the 99 percent of people that's on the grimoire I don't uh, know about that. Yeah, it's on the grimoire. Uh, you'd at least um, get like, you'd get a much higher percentage reading that stuff if it was in the game, like in Destiny. I I will give you that. I think that the grimoire should have also existed in some form within the game, in like a codex yeah. or something. Um, 
Uh, so I, I will, I will say that I agree with that, but I think that, that, that storytelling is more interesting than the way that they told the story in destiny two, which again, isn't bad, but is serviceable. I don't know. The story in destiny two felt like I am watching a like early 2000 science fiction movie where those movies weren't amazing, but it was all right. And I sat through it and I didn't ask for a refund. Um, but I don't know. I'd also don't want anthem to be like a co-op mass effect where i'm in big conversation sequences and stuff with a bunch of people around i don't know it, i mean did anyone uh two sidebar questions did anyone play the old republic i was gonna yeah. say the old republic does that and then they give you the option to have everyone vote to skip a cutscene and stuff like that uh, I love the way the Old Republic told stories with, like, um, me and my best friend uh, played it through together from start to finish, never played a minute of that game without each other. Um, and um, we got, like, there became, like, ongoing running jokes about how, like, whenever there was a decision that involved murdering someone, my character always randomly got picked to be the decision maker and, like... It, it was a really, really good experience, and I would 100% support that in a non-Star Wars universe. Also, it, sorry, carry on, Pat. I was going to say, if they just make it like Old Republic, though, I agree, I like Old Republic, but um, like I could just go play Old Republic and not get invested in a new huge loot system and stuff, you know? But it's a different kind of game. Yeah. It is, but I don't. Well, I guess my point is, is that if it turns into the old Republic, but you pull the trigger to shoot instead of push the one button to attack, I don't think that's compelling either. Um, so I would hope that they would handle that differently, because I don't know. I think you could. There are lessons to learn from it. Uh, but okay, okay. So what if you can? You've got like these lobbies, and you have sixteen players in a lobby, and then you go to a quest board, and you can pick up a quest, and then when you go, you can people can join your quest. <laughs> if you if you've done it before, but then, or if you've seen the cutscenes, and then people can, or they can use like a code to get into your quest. But then if then people can join, but if you kick them, then that space is still filled up. So then, but the game is still hard. This sounds like the perfect multiplayer system. This and why doesn't this already exist? Oh, it does in Monster Hunter World. <laughs> uh, uh, is anyone looking forward to Anthem? Hunt. Like, is anyone is anyone hyped for Anthem? Is anyone looking forward to it? I, I'm cautiously optimistic in the same way I was towards the Division. I I think it I looks the really cool. Like I really enjoy like the Iron Man esque uh, sci fi uh, stuff they have going with like the suits and stuff. So I hope it's cool. But I like I'm interested in it definitely. I, yeah. I fell off Destiny real hard. So if it's just more of that, I, I don't think it'll be for me. Yeah, I'm probably I'm planning on playing it, but I don't know if it'll you know keep me invested for the long haul. I'm very interested to see what happens with that game in the sense that I think I don't want any game to be bad. I want every game that comes out to be the best game it can be. So I hope that it's very good, but more than I don't know that I need a game like that in my life. If it's good, I'll play it because I like to play good games, but more i'm just interested to see how this goes for bioware because i think that they have mm. a lot to prove and i think that they have a lot to recover from and um i think this is pretty make or break for them i think if they if they if they fumble this they've got one more shot maybe at like a big franchise revival uh, probably a dragon age game or something um well they're working on dragon age 4 at the moment 
right they yeah they say it but the executive producer put out a tweet that was like hey guys just to announce i'm working on xyz and i'm also cough redacted producer on dragon age 4 redacted cough so yeah um i think that's that'll be their that like this is like they've had a bad sw- a, a kind of mixed mixed response bad bad response if Anthem is not a positive, a very positive response, they've got one more shot, and then they're kind of done, um, yeah. which I would hate to see. So uh, I agree. Yeah. 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 Just reboot Jade Empire. Easy. That's fine with me. That's a great <laughs> game. So good. Speaking of it being the last chance for Bioware to turn it around, what if we turned it around and put it in park and finish this podcast? <laughs> We're going to back in or pull through. I love I love that. Thanks everyone. Uh, <laughs> mostly because it's like uh, almost half, it's gone one a.m. and I'm tired. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, well, someone had been on time. <laughs> Blame Windows Ten. Yeah. Well, uh, what I'm saying is, you were here before Sam. Uh, a wizard is never late. He arrives exactly when he means to, and then he complains about the time. Look, it's it's all Japan standard time's fault that we're doing this anyway, this late. We used yeah. to do it an hour earlier. Anyway, but, you but, can find but me online. One, wait, one thing. I really hope this Valve Campo Santo thing means that Delilah's going to be a character in Dota 2. Yes. <laughs> I also really um, hope that it means Campo Santo's writing halfway I can't, through. I can't take credit for this joke, but now in uh, Firewatch 2, there's going to be a lot of hats. Uh, so I think one of the the writers for Campo Santo joked about how they had written a uh, Dota two announcer pack for like Henry and Delilah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't remember who it was, but I think like, that was said on a. I don't know. Actually, podcast. yeah, they've done like they have like the entire script written. <laughs> so maybe that happens. I'd be very surprised if that doesn't happen. Um, so uh, this has been Gaming Fix episode sixteen. Um, uh, sorry that we're not going to do a long uh, winded uh, intro where we all get crazy and forget that we're talking about things uh, but I'm already kind of doing it Um, you can find uh, Gaming Fix uh, on every uh, super cool social network at at Fix Podcast so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter Uh, it'd be really appreciative if you could give us all a follow um, we're trying to post something cool every day on every network. So whether it is actually cool or not, you can decide and you can tell us that by following us on those networks and saying things to us. Uh, you can follow us individually as well. If you like, most of us are linked from each uh, individual social network platform. Um, but you can find me at SGCH on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I also wanted to do a little quick shout out actually for another podcast, which isn't anything to do with me. So uh, my uh, really old friends of mine, Dan and Jim, have just started doing a rock and metal podcast called Slowly We Rock. Uh, They have really, really good album art uh, and... uh, the one of the concepts for the show that they're going to be working on is um, listening to every single Iron Maiden album and reviewing it with someone who's never listened to Iron Maiden before. That's really good. Which they're calling Maiden Voyage. If you want to listen to British people uh, talk about rock and metal, 
that is those are your boys and uh if anyone else ever wants to plug anything obviously feel free but uh i listen to their podcast and i don't like rock and metal i thought it was very funny uh and alex where can people find you on the internet Allison, <laughs> how do I follow that up? Um, What's I, that app? But the truth uh, that uh, just I, Shazam that noise. Shazam that noise. <laughs> um, that you can find me on Twitter at w r i t e r s e r e n y two i. Cool. And Andre, uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter at coolslaw c o o l s l four w. I will be not on the podcast next week uh, or no no i will be on next week never mind it's the yep. week after that i won't be here uh yeah uh the same as well i'm also missing the week after that uh next week i may have some extremely spoiler free thoughts for avengers infinity war because i will be seeing it on wednesday night at midnight uh and also next next saturday i did forget to say i am uh going on my friend stacy's 24-hour live podcast for charity i'm doing the 8 30 p.m slot uh and i've so half an hour of uh me and my friend stacy bitching about how bad the how i met your mother finale was uh sorry for interrupting that erica (laughs) now go 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 for it i liked the how i met your mother finale um and you can also it's fine we had to run 16 (laughs) episodes uh, I, it made sense. It, okay, it, Erica, okay, we're doing that thing where we talk about other stuff instead of doing a thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you go listen to my other podcast, Tempered Expectations, about wrestling and video games. Um, and you can follow it's me very on Twitter. Good. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Erica spelled A I R E H C U H. You cannot catch me on Twitch with any regularity anymore, though. <laughs> And Pat, last but not least. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, which I barely ever stream. So I don't know. I stream some uh, MLB The Show this week. But find me on Twitch and Twitter at JesterPC. Uh, and you can find my blog at GamingAndConfidence.com. Uh, I've got three more games to, to go in my God of War retrospective. Well, four to <laughs> write about, three to play. Um, you can do it. Yeah, I guess so. Does <laughs> <laughs> one of those three include 2018's the god of war no that's the fourth one that's the fourth and final that that's not part of the retrospective because it's new um it's old to me (laughs) it will be to all of us probably by next weekend yeah Um, if uh, yeah please uh like and subscribe to us on uh every channel that is physically available and i'm sure we'll get our own youtube channel at some point soon and put up all of these videos as archives um we also have uh yeah you can subscribe to us on itunes uh, please rate and review us because that increases our position in the charts also please uh tell a friend about our podcast if you enjoy listening to it um uh, i've told a few friends of mine and i don't think any of them listen but um you know <laughs> it's hard to get british people to do things that they need. <laughs> Send us pictures of cats, too, please. Get people to do things. Yeah. Um, uh, if uh, yeah, we'll we'll start doing some more posting online. And uh, if you want to interact with us, please uh, get in touch with us on Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, etc. We're cool people, I promise. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and good night. Okay. Bye. 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 So long. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Goodbye. <laughs>
boy.